Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And the Oscar goes and to... And the Oscar goes and the Oscar to... Goes to. My only object in being here is to try and get at the truth. Where shall I go? What shall I do? He's looking at you, kid. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Could have been a contender. Fasten your... I could have been somebody. They can only kill me with a golden bullet. What have I done? Call me Mr. Tibbs. I'm gonna make him an offer, kid. Yeah. All real America. Love is... is love. Too weak a word. Stay back. I love you. I love you. I love you. I did as you saw. Don't laugh! If there's something wrong, it's wrong with the instructions. This ain't reality TV! Respect it and validate it! Remember that you told me? It's time, Robbie! Welcome to the Next Best Picture Podcast. It's time! Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Next Best Picture Podcast. I am your host, Matt Neglia, and today on episode 13, this is indeed a special one. Not only do we have a ton, and I mean like... Seriously, like a metric ton of bricks just fell on me. A ton of Oscar award stuff to talk about in regards to critics groups, which will finally be starting this week. But we also have a new member of the show. So first of all, let's get the original members out here. Will. Hey, guys. And Michael. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Well, it is going very well. It is almost, you could say, morning. Because it is. It is morning right now on the eastern coast where we're recording right now. But the person that that is joining with us here has an even earlier morning right now. Hailing from the west coast over in sunny California, our latest addition to the Next Best Picture podcast. Please give it up for the fabulous Kristen Lopez, everybody. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Thank you. So, Kristen. I want to first of all say thank you very much for joining our team here. I want to also maybe start off by drawing a little bit of attention to some of your choice Oscar predictions for this season. Um, You had sent over to me uh, some of your nominations right now and also some of your wins. And I have to ask a couple of questions. Is that okay with you? Sure. I, I, in the interest of full disclosure, I'm still kind of at like the screw it mode of, of Oscar decisions. So sure, yeah, for sure. there were a couple where I was just like, yeah, I'm going to throw a caution to the wind. So the first one that jumped out to me, you have La La Land winning Best Picture. That's fine. But you have Denzel Washington winning Best Director for Fences right now. Yes. <laughs> what, what what makes you think that right now? Because you also don't have him winning actor. You still have Casey Affleck winning Best Actor. Yeah, I think this year, you know, 2016's been so unconventional in so many ways that it wouldn't surprise me to see a split and see no real consensus in the big ones. Um, mind you, I haven't seen Fences yet, so that could all change once it comes out, but... Especially with the backlash with Oscar So White and all of that in the last couple of years. I mean, if we talk about Oscar narratives kind of thing, 
you know, it, it would be a great kind of success story to have, you know, one of the few uh, African-American actors to win an Oscar, win as director, because there's, there's still so few. Um, you know, he this was a passion project for him, much like, you know, Scorsese in Silence. So, I don't know, that one is one where I could really change, but I just, I was feeling it last night when I was coming up with these. I hear you. Um, you know, for for uh, Hell or High Water, you do have it predicted in picture, a supporting actor for Jeff Bridges' original screenplay, as some of us do, for sure. But you have Chris Pine in for Best Actor as well. Yeah. Now, where's that one coming from? I've heard a lot of, from from kind of the few critics that I've talked to that have brought it up, you know, a lot of people have said, it's a, it's a possibility. You know, the movie's doing well. Um, a lot of people have been pointing out that Chris Pine is really good in it. Um, so I, would it surprise me in a year that's been unconventional for for him to be the person that, you know, the matinee idol turned serious actor? I, I could see it happening. I don't think it I don't think it will. That was what I kind of threw in at the last second just to round out five. But I, I've heard it's not out of the realm of possibility. Fair enough. And then uh, this one definitely caught my eye as well. A lot of us are predicting Liam Neeson for Silence, and you have Silence in a lot of different categories, but in Supporting Actor, you don't have Liam Neeson nominated. You actually have Adam Driver nominated for Silence and winning on top of that. I could see that, too. Is this one of those things where, you like, basically from what I've heard as well, is that Liam Neeson only has, like, one or two scenes in the movie? That's and what I've heard it, as well. Right, it could be more of Adam Driver's uh, show and more of a play for him. Yeah, I think that... That trailer, a lot of people were saying, you know, Adam Driver stuck out so much that it felt like they were almost poising him in the trailer to be kind of the the one to watch. There's a lot of great scenes in the trailer that emphasize him. So I, I'm taking a chance on that one. I don't think it would be unconventional, especially once the movie starts rolling out, because Liam Neeson su- supposedly has a very minor role. They say it's a show-stopping role, I guess, uh, if you've read the original script uh, and the book. But I don't know. I'm thinking, you know how supporting actress, or I think it's one, It's either best actress, it's one of the actresses, they always go to, like, the ingenue. I think Adam Driver could be our ingenue, only for the male side. <laughs> well, also, I mean, did you see how skinny he looks? Yeah. I mean, the Academy loves a transformative performance. Oh, yeah. And he looks like he's down to like 110 pounds, if not less. They love for you to suffer for your art. Yeah, definitely so. And he's really well known now. He had uh, Girls that he's still doing great work on with HBO. Star, Star Wars. Wars last year. Inside yeah. Lewin Davis. Yeah. Yeah, he's everywhere. Uh, it looks like directors definitely want to continue working with him. Let's not forget Patterson. He gave a great performance in that this year. And the Noah Bumbach movies that he's been doing. Yeah, he's all over the place. I'm going to respond to the Denzel prediction for a second and say um, it does – while he does have a great narrative, I feel like in a lot of the reviews, even ones that liked the film specifically mentioned his direction as the film's weak link. And said it felt really stagey. Um, I don't know. Like I, I, I'm kind of posing that to you. Um, I mean, what do you think? Having seen the fence's reviews, is that going to be a problem for his director win chances? I, I mean, that's a possibility. I think with all kind of stage bound films, you have that falling into to place. And you know, Washington isn't uh, a seasoned director, so. 
again, I could I could easily see him losing. Um, I think right now I was thinking just more kind of from the narrative trajectory. It would do uh, a lot to kind of rectify some of the the claims that that the academy is uh, a bit uh, one one color in terms of winners. So that one mm. I could easily change, but it, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, a lot of people that have seen it have have been saying that he's great. So it wouldn't surprise me to see kind of that love kind of bleed into other areas where it's not necessarily deserved. And, you know, we should say also that in addition to directing and starring, he's also credited as, as a producer on the film. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So if it gets in Best Picture, he probably gets the third nomination there in addition to directing and actor. Oh, I I fully expect he'll have a very, very happy nomination morning when it all comes around. Uh, one last part I want to just point out here, uh, Kristen. Guys, we all have Zootopia winning animated feature currently right now. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm, I am considering Moana more and more. Well, Kristen's going another direction entirely. Kristen, you have Kubo and the Two Strings winning animated feature. I do. And that, that one might be more of my appreciation for the film because I just saw it uh, two two days ago. Um and I think it's it's beautiful. It I know that Leica is still kind of that underdog studio, um, even though you know the Academy loves 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 them so much. Uh, I think the fact that there are two Disney movies in there could possibly split the vote, um, especially because Moana's reviews are not necessarily as praiseworthy as Utopia's, and a lot of people are calling for a a brave uh, Wreck It Ralph type of thing where one could get in over the other and it might be the lesser one. But I think if they split the vote, it's going to go to somebody else entirely, especially if Academy voters are watching Kubo and they're seeing how spectacular that stop motion is. They might they might be swayed to go against Disney here. Yeah, I'm going to say after Ex Mahina presumably won visual effects because the expected contenders split, I'm not going to say that couldn't happen. There, There is a world I could actually see that happening. If Moana and Zootopia just divide the votes, that would be the logical third choice. So we don't think Finding Dory is number three? I don't think Finding... I think <laughs> Finding Dory might miss out entirely, dude. Yeah. Really? I'm actually predicting uh, Sausage Party over Finding Dory at this point. Yeah, Sausage Party's getting in and then uh, something from... Um, um, Oh, God, I forgot the company. Either uh, the Red Turtle. Yeah, I was going to say the Red Turtle is my number five. Yeah, I have it in mind as well. I also have the Little Prince, but I don't know if Netflix is uh, going to campaign that as strongly. Although I know everybody who's seen it has loved it. I feel like it's kind of gotten forgotten. I mean, I, I, I saw it. It's it's good, but I don't see it, particularly the, its third act. I don't see it being a big player this year. And then Trolls is out unless uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg works his magic. I mean, that would be shocking to me if Trolls gets in with all the other heavy hitters that they have. I think its best uh, chances are for Song right now. Yeah. And then G-Kids always gets something in. So My Life is Zucchini, the raunchy R-rated animated film, I think. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, really quick though, of Song though, um, a couple of different news tidbits before we get into some of the more critical awards of the week. Uh, Sing Street only submitted one song from the film, and if you guys that are listening right now have not seen Sing Street, stop this podcast right now. We appreciate your play and or download, whatever it might be, and go watch this movie. It's on Netflix right now. I can't highly recommend Sing Street enough. It's so, so, so enjoyable. 
and the music is so fantastic, but they only felt the need to submit one song, and that was the Adam Levine song, Go Now. Uh, is anybody else upset about this like I am? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's... there's It's a good song, but there's far better songs from the film that actually impact the plot and are part of the film. Drive it like you stole it. Yeah, that's the best scene in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or um, Up is another one of his songs. Uh, it's cheesy, but, I mean, they've nominated weird stuff like Riddle of the Model. There, there are choices that make more sense, but obviously Harvey loves Adam Levine, and the Oscars probably want the chance to see Adam Levine perform again, so. Well, if they want the chance to see Adam Levine perform again, they could always nominate Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping, <laughs> and we could get... Yeah, it could happen. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That would be amazing. That would be so inspired. I, I would love it. I would die laughing if we can get Andy Samberg on the stage. I, it would be incredible. Well, wasn't he there two years ago with Lego Movie? Oh, shit. That's right. I forgot about that. Yes, you're right. Um, all right. So moving on to some other tidbits for the week here. Uh, Jackie's not playing well with Ampus, apparently, from what we've heard. Doesn't surprise me. Kristen, have you seen it? Because I, I, I know I, I've seen it. Michael's seen it. I, I have seen it. Thankfully, OFCS received screeners of that. So I don't have to go to my screening on uh, the 20th of December. Sorry, Will. You're still the odd man out. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> I mean, it'll it'll be out soon, isn't it? Dropping. It opens limited this Friday and probably goes wide either right before Christmas or on Christmas. December 9th, I believe. I, I, I yeah, I will get it before the end of the month. Well. I can tell you this. It's one of my favorite films of the year. I think it's impeccably well made. I do kind of agree with Michael. And Chris, I don't know how you feel about the cyber, but that it might be too cold for certain Academy members to go for in in, uh, Best Picture, Best Director, and that it's Best Top of the Line category might be Best Actress, maybe Screenplay. Um, it's not surprising to hear that it's not playing well. I I watched it, and I feel like I need to rewatch it again because... I, I really enjoyed it, but I feel like I wasn't catching the right things because it is so off the beaten path. It's not a standard biopic, which I think a lot of the older members are kind of used to seeing this chronological, very explicated type of biopic. And this is a very interior type of movie with an actress who is doing a remarkably authentic Jackie O accent that is shocking to hear upon first listen. And I loved it a lot. I I think a lot of the time when we see biopics, especially about men, it's kind of this, this is what I achieved. This is what I'm so saying. And Jackie really plays as a, you know, being a woman, not a woman on the public stage, but being a woman dealing with this kind of year of magical thinking type of, of, storyline involving how to deal with grief and loss so i think considering that much of the uh voter membership is still white men you know that probably also turns them off as well agreed agreed michael i remember when uh, when i first saw the film and you you first saw the film as well we kind of came to blows a little bit and i was very adamant that this would find a way into picture director you know screenplay yeah you had it for like eight to ten nominations right yeah but i also i mean it is a tech player. I, I still maintain that it is a tech player. I, the only two categories I've kind of soured on are picture and director. 
mind you, I think it even has a better chance of getting in a director than it does for picture itself. So uh, I, while I haven't completely waned on it yet, I, I mean, I'm, I'm getting there right now. I mean, we'll have to see. I think this is the kind of film that critics awards groups could really go to bat for. Oh, sure. Like, she's probably going to take uh, New York critics. Oh, good segue, actually. Um, New York Film Critics Circle and Los Angeles Film Critics Association will be announcing this week. Um, there are some instances, like especially with New York Film Critics Circle, where they've been a good best picture uh, predictor, or at least they predict a nominee. Last year, when they awarded Carol and Todd Haynes, both of those uh, missed out on their respective nominations, which was shocking to many people. A lot of people, including myself, expected Carol to get in for best picture. A happier time. <laughs> right? So... I think this year Manchester by the Sea. I think they go for. I, I think yeah. I think I'm thinking that as yeah, well. That, that's a very New York film. Plus, it's Kenneth Lonergan who's right in that New York scene. Mm-hmm. He's a playwright from New York, and just he's their type of person. Now, with that said, I'm going to make a bold prediction here, and I'm fully expecting Los Angeles to go for La La Land. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it is the Los Angeles film, right? So. The other aspect of that is this. I don't expect Emma Stone to win Best Actress. I fully, 150,000 uh, expect Isabel Huppert to win Best Actress at Los Angeles. I think she has a very, very good shot, and I'm predicting her right now. But I would not be surprised to see Natalie Portman get the Best Actress at LAFCA. Mm. Or even Annette Benning for 20th Century Women. I think Annette Benning for 20th Century Women is uh, New York Film Critics Circle's uh, runner-up. If I had to take a wild guess, I think their best actress prize goes to Natalie Portman. I could see that. Yeah, but uh, who pair is definitely way up there. Yeah, definitely. She may be up there for New York also. Uh, it's possible for sure. I mean, we have to look at some people this year that I don't think are going to actually win any awards, but are still contenders regardless. And that's uh, Amy Adams, Ruth Nega, and... You know, as much as like uh, people love Annette Benning and 20th Century Women and they expect her to get in, I don't expect her to really win a lot of critics' awards. I really, really think that Emma Stone, Portman, and I'm, I mean, I might be bold in saying this, but I, I seriously really think Chastain is quite amazing in Miss Sloan. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if a regional critics group uh, gave her an award or two here or there because she. I mean, Kristen, have you seen the film yet? I have not. I have not. Uh, I think my screening is in two weeks. Gotcha. She gives a firecracker of a performance and really... Well, Hooper is going to get a lot of critics awards too. Even if the the industry doesn't go for it, Hooper will... I mean, I think she'll be up there with Portman and Stone for taking the majority of the votes here. Right. And that'll really help her. You know, the critics awards usually like give a boost to these actors or actresses who need it mm-hmm. into the Oscar race. Is there anyone like you're hoping to see get in that needs a bit of a boost? Ooh, um, like I'd really like to see uh, Sally Field get something. Uh, yeah, from Lafka or uh, New York. That'd be fantastic. But just something. That would be great. I don't see it happening, but I would. I would love it. I would love it so much. <laughs> She's still my winner, even after seeing Jackie. Just because I've now been predicting it for almost a year at this point, and I just want to be vindicated for that because I've held on to it for so long, I would love it if one of them gave a prize to Liam Neeson, despite what we were talking about earlier in regards to Adam Driver. Um, I mean, listen, if the two or one scene, I don't even know if, if, if what he's in is really like that good, 
performances have gotten in and one for less. He has apparently like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. It's not Beatrice straight. I mean, he does have time on screen. It's just, I think Adam Driver's in the movie for two hours versus Liam Neeson is not. So it's not like it's a cameo. Right. So that that should be, I mean, I, I would like to see that happen. Only also because I think Liam Neeson really deserves to get that Academy praise. Unless it turns out to be like a Tom Hanks in Saving Mr. Banks where we spend all year predicting and then it's just squat. <laughs> it could happen. It could very well happen. Man, speaking of which, Tom Hanks, that guy, he, the poor man, Saving Mr. Banks predicted all year, squat. Captain Phillips predicted all year, squat. This year. And it was the same year. Sully. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was the same year. What a rough 2013. Jesus, man, I, now I feel even worse for the poor guy. But now this year, he's got Sully with Warner Brothers. The National Board of Review is going to be announcing on the 29th here. Best director, Clint Eastwood. Oh, my God. is it? Do we really think that that's... They gave it to him for Sniper, didn't they? I mean... Yeah. So, so yeah. we're get, we're What we're hinting at is the National Board of Review has an enormous, let's just say, affinity for Warner Brothers. Uh, J. Edgar, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, uh, they were the first ones to acknowledge Mad Max and give it a major critics prize last year. Didn't it do Argo a few years ago? Yeah, yeah, I think they started the Argo train rolling. Clint, uh, Morgan Freeman won Best Actor for Invictus. They love Warner Brothers films. In fact, Warner Brothers never misses out here. Mad Max Fury Road won Best Picture last year, and that was Warner Brothers. Yeah, they starred the they starred the Mad Max train rolling. So I guess we're going to see a lot of Sully and Live by Night. Yes, almost certainly. Uh, you know, I wouldn't actually be uh, surprised if, because a lot of people that have seen Live by Night are all saying the same thing. Take it out of picture, take it out of director. It, it's a play in text. I would. I'm wondering if Live by Night could get resurrected to some degree or another. Um, and although we haven't gotten official reviews yet, it is embargoed still. Uh, word on the street is that the film is solid. It's it's good. It's just not best picture material. So who knows? Maybe National Board of Review could be the start of something, especially if like if they shockingly give Affleck director or something like that. Imagine like Affleck wins director and then his brother Casey wins like best actor for Manchester as well. Be a happy day in the family, that's for sure. <laughs> Their mother would be so proud. It's like coming home when both of your kids get like an A on a test. It's like, look, Ma, we just got National Board of Review Awards. <laughs> uh, Will, tonight are the Gotham Awards, actually, at the time of this recording here. Um we have all kind of given our picks, and for the most part, Kristen, I'm sorry, uh, you weren't on board when we gave our picks for these, um, but we're all pretty much on board with a couple of different films winning. I think you and Will have Manchester by the Sea winning picture. I've got Moonlight, and I think the only other area where we disagreed was in breakout uh, actor or actress. I think... Michael, you and I have Lucas Hedges, and Will, you have Anya Taylor-Joy winning for The Witch. But otherwise, I think across the board, we were all in the same boat. I think Lucas Hedges is more likely. Like, yeah, Lucas Hedges is probably going to happen here, just because Manchester's the bigger film right now. And that'll kick off his uh, run in the season, which, having just seen Ma Manchester the other day, you know, the Academy doesn't have a great relationship with uh, young male actors. We saw Jacob Tremblay miss last year, even though he picked up a few things. He was at the Gotham's, wasn't he? I don't remember. Almost certainly. Yeah, he had to have been. 
So with Lucas Hedges, it's one of those performances where he's probably going to start at the Gothams tomorrow night and just show up along the way, maybe at SAG or at the Golden Globes. I mean, it's pretty undeniable once you see the film. I, I mean, I I agree. I just don't think a win is happening is all. But I agree that he's definitely in, especially when you see the film and you see exactly the work that he's doing in there. He had to, he does have one scene where, you know, it's like kind of like a breakdown scene almost uh, that I think we'll do it for most voters. Alrighty, and then moving on from that, a final piece of information before we get to our official Critics' Choice Awards uh, picks. Comedy and drama at the Golden Globes, always a fun, fun topic to talk about, especially in lieu of last year with The Martian. Uh, We have found out that the founder, Captain Fantastic and Gold, are all going towards drama. Uh, Do we agree with this? I can't speak for two of them. Yeah, I haven't seen Gold and the founder. I've heard the founder, other than Nick Offerman, is actually pretty damn dark. So I think that's fitting. Captain Fantastic, yes, is a very sad film. It's funny at times, but it's certainly more in the drama field than the comedy field. That's like Manchester by the Sea. (laughs) (laughs) And then we've got uh, Gold, which, judging by the trailer, it it looks like it's playing for mainstream entertainment, and thus there are a couple laughs to be had in that trailer. But I do also get a dark vibe from it to a certain degree. Plus, we have a new release date for that also. I guess it is going to be playing more commercial because Harvey just bumped it to uh, late January and wide. Mm. It's just weird because there's a long history of flagrant category fraud here, even well before The Martian. You have films like the original Batman with Michael Keaton running as comedy because the Joker was funny. You have 2005's Pride and Prejudice going as comedy. Uh, You had American Hustle, which is probably about as... You think it's a comedy? I think it's a comedy as well. I do. I, I think it's what a comedy. What about her? What about her in the same year? Her, her is not. Oh, a comedy. her no. absolutely not. Her ran as comedy too. Her was very dramatic. I that mean, might have been the worst year ever. I mean, wasn't it uh, DiCaprio who got up on stage and said, "I'd like to thank my fellow comedians." Yeah. It just like it made no sense for Oscar Isaac. Well, maybe because there's music. There's music but I mean, in that, but, but Nebraska's sort of a musical kind of. Oh yeah, everything Alexander Payne has done is classified as comedy and yet i would say they're all kind of just not i mean it's it's just weird they would stop this year after that long history of that when you have that category is going to be a wasteland now this could have easily started keaton's campaign i agree it's just odd now who do we have winning a comedy musical best actor at the globes as a result of that probably gosling well i had warren Beatty, but i think he'll still get a nomination but I think rules don't apply as dead in the water as far as wins go. Yeah, even though I did love the film, uh, the $2 million over five days does not bode well. So, yeah, I guess uh, Ryan Gosling is the one who's probably going to go to Oscars. Oh, you know what? Hugh Grant is going to be in there, too, because he's going lead. Yeah, Hugh Grant will be there. Oh, crap. If that's the case, I pick Hugh Grant. Yeah, he could. Okay, you're right. He could win. Uh, yeah, it might be between Grant and Gosling. Kristen, what do you think? Um, you know, I know a lot of people really love Hugh Grant, so I'm not gonna go unconventional there. I could see it happening, so I'm gonna I'm leaning in that direction as well. And let me just also say, even though it's uh, and I know a lot of people love it, but even though it's my least favorite film of the year, 
Ryan Reynolds has been working it for Deadpool, and this is the same Golden Globes that gave Best Picture to The Hangover in 2009. It's possible, I'm telling you. So I'm not going to endorse this, but I'm just going to say that I would not be stunned. No, not at all. I'm predicting him to get in. And then uh, Universal's running both Clooney and Brolin lead for Hail Caesar. (laughs) Oh, I'd love that. Brolin is hysterical in that movie, and I would love to see him get in. That movie is so fun. Yeah. It's a blast. That's right up there, my best of so far. What did a twer so simple? Why do you say twer? <laughs> oh my god, that scene! It's one of my favorite scenes. Is of the Alden Ehrenreich uh, running supporting at the Globes? Yes. Or is it just okay? See, if he were running lead, I would be really, really inclined to put him in there. Alrighty. Uh, with that said, because we do have a very, 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 very big critics group announcing their nominations this, this week, and it's the mother of all critics groups. The BFCA, the Broadcast Film Critics Association, will be announcing their nominees on December 1st. And so, with that said, we have our predictions for what we think are going to get nominated there. Uh, let's do this, everybody. I'm going to go down the list. We're going to start with Best Picture. And if anybody has anything to comment on as far as an outlier or anything like that goes, we'll talk about it. Uh, But I guess I will start here. Um, I've got, of course, La La Land, Moonlight, Manchester by the Sea, which, I mean, guys, I think we all have those in. Fences. Does everybody have a rival? Yes. Yes. I think that's likely. Everybody have Jackie? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Hell or High Water? Yes. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, I've got, and then I've got Lion. Yeah, I think Lion gets in. Okay, and Kristen. Um, you know, I could see it. I can see it. I'm, I'm terrible with critics' choice, so I just, I know I'm probably gonna be, I'm probably gonna have a lot of wrong answers. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they included it in there. And then the last two, which are the ones that I'm sure everybody's flip-flopping on right now, I, I've got Patriots Day and a Monster Calls. Ooh. But I'd love to hear what you guys have. I still have loving making Wait, it. I'm sorry, Matt. Did you say silence? Uh, no, they they are not seeing not silence seeing in time. time for the voting. Oh, I thought they were seeing silence in time. Nope. Okay, well, let me take that right out. Yeah, I had silence in there as well. Silence and passengers are not being screened in time. What about loving? Yeah, I have loving in there. I still think that that film did not do as well critically as it needed to, personally. Maybe loving and uh, live by night, maybe. That might be something that it gets into, but it doesn't really continue on to Oscars. Live by Night outperforming here would definitely signify to me that maybe it's not as out of the race as I think it is right now. But I still expect – I think Patriots Day is definitely going to get a Best Picture nomination. It's going to get that like American Sniper-esque uh, Best Picture nomination. I don't feel as good about it now because I've heard people like Ann Thompson talk about it. And she seems very confident that it doesn't do anything above the line. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Which was a surprise to me because I heard really great reactions out of AFI. Yeah, so did I. And that's what uh, pretty much prompted me to include it here. And I also, judging by the uh, critics' reviews, it, it seems to be doing bordering on the good, great uh, you know, spectrum. And at the end of the day here, critics' choice aren't about nominating what was the most critically well-reviewed films of the year. They're more about trying to predict the Oscars, so... That's why I've got it here. But the one I'm the least confident on right now is um, my final pick here, and that is for A Monster Calls. Same. Yeah, I don't know about that. Hey, what about since this is critics? What about something like The Lobster? 
No, something uh, they may go no. for it in other categories, but they're not going to go for it here. They go for consensus picks here. This will that is a divisive film. You know, that's the films get in here that are the best liked overall. You, we never see nominees like The Lobster get in for picture here. Yeah. All right, moving on to best actor. Um, we've all got Denzel Washington and Casey Affleck. Yes. Yes. And then at this point, I think this is where things just start to go off the rails from there. So I've got Tom Hanks for Sully, Viggo Mortensen for Captain Fantastic, Ryan Gosling for La La Land, and Michael Keaton for The Founder. Anybody else got anything different? I have exactly the same as you. Maybe Joel Edgerton if Loving does do well. Mm. Or Andrew Garfield maybe for Hacksaw Ridge if they can't do it for Silence. You know, that's really funny you mentioned that. Oh, my gosh. I, I, because Silence is not in the running, I didn't even think of Hacksaw Ridge for him as an alternative. That's a very good point. That could definitely happen for sure. Uh, who would you bump out to include uh, um, Garfield? I might say Keaton, just because I'm not sure how many critics have seen it. Yeah, I think Keaton's probably the odd man out here. He's in my number six. If it, it, Yeah, that's Garfield then. I will say this. If Tom Hanks misses here for Sully, I'm going to really start – to get off that train i think oh for sure because if he couldn't get in for captain phillips i don't know why he gets in for this i don't think his work here is anything special personally oh well we can disagree on that but i know he has been yeah I, matt i agree with you it's much more quiet than his recent work and that couldn't get in he was flashier in spies and phillips so yeah um all right one of my favorite categories this year best actress uh, everyone's got Emma Stone, Annette Bening, and Natalie Portman? Yep. Yes. Yep. Okay, here we go. This is where it gets fun. I've got Jessica Chastain for Miss Sloan, Isabel Huppert for Elle, and Amy Adams for Arrival. This is one of the places where I do expect Amy Adams to break through. Who's got Ruth Nega? I have Nega. And who do you uh, take her, uh, take out in her place? Chastain. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's something about that performance that it's just not... It's not registering with me in a way that, yeah, I, I am. I think I'm leaning more towards the flashier performances over. But Nega is a flashy performance. She's got so many crying scenes. I mean, like it's no, it's, she really doesn't. She's got like one crying scene. What are you talking about, Mike? Back me up here. She she has them. They're just not big sobbing emotional moments. They're more restrained. Kristen, help me out, please. Uh, I still have to see the movie, so I I <laughs> I abstain. Okay, all right, fair enough. I don't have Hooper getting in. No, really, with critics. Yeah, with critics' choice. We were just saying how they go for like the consensus for the most part, and I think that's going to be a very divisive American film. I have Meryl Streep in over her. And who's got Taraji P Henson? I have Taraji, but I, I'm thinking about Huppert now. I will say that you also, in the acting categories, tend to get one odd man out that people think might get traction at the beginning of the season and doesn't. You had Josh Brolin get in for Inherent Vice a few years ago, and uh, you had Andy Serkis get in for Rise of the Planet of the Apes. So I think, despite not necessarily being a consensus, I do think there could be enough support for... For uh, Isabel Huppert, that she could, in fact, get in here. The more you're talking about this, the more I'm thinking I should have her in there over Henson. I will say this. Traditionally, when the Critics' Choice announced their nominations, these are usually the films that I wish were actually nominated for the Oscar. Um, 
and then the season just tends to go on and we end up getting some more conventional safer choices um or or we get some uh weird inclusions at Golden Globe and SAG that tend to just throw us off like Helen Mirren for Trumbo or Michael Shannon breaking through for 99 Homes and Usually these things sometimes don't pan out for the Oscars. Sometimes they do. But usually when Critics' Choice release their nominations, they're usually in line with my own personal taste of what I wish actually were the the five, even though they have yes, six. Yes, you loved, you loved Unbroken getting in almost every category a few years ago, right? Picture and Hey, 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 hey. Listen, nobody's perfect, okay? <laughs> Moving over to Best Supporting Actor for a minute here. Uh, Hugh Grant for Florence Foster Jenkins, Mahershala Ali, Lucas Hedges for Manchester by the Sea. Do we all have them? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Dev Patel for Lion. Is it happening? Uh, I think so. I could see that. Jeff Bridges for Hell or High Water. Yeah. Absolutely. And then my sixth choice, and uh, I mean, uh, we've all seen it except for you, Will, so I don't know, but Michael Shannon for Nocturnal Animals. That would be fantastic. Yes, yes. I do think he will get in here. I would love Love, 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 love that nomination. I mean, anything with Michael Shannon in awards, just yes. I'm very much about it. Um, it's so weird because I do feel like no matter what, Driver or Neeson uh, is going to end up getting in over over one of these five. I think my, I don't think Michael Shannon gets out. What about one from Fences? It's possible. You know, who has – does anybody have somebody from Fences? Not at Critics' Choice. A lot of people are saying, uh, what is it, uh, who is it, Mike Kelty Williamson from Fences yeah. is going to be the the black horse. So I could see, um, in terms of being the underdog, so I could see um, an early kind of campaign here. And then there's also Steven Henderson. Yeah, no, uh, he's still, I guess, in the mix. I haven't seen the review single him out, but at the end of the day here... It seems like Fences is going to definitely be an acting showcase for everybody involved. And I think at this point, as much as I was hoping for Moonlight to get the SAG ensemble, I feel like now it's just going to end up going to Fences at this point for what are the flashier and obviously well-written, but just flashier roles. Oh, and by the way, uh, Stephen Henderson pops up for a minute in Manchester by the Sea. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. that that's true. He does. Absolutely. So I don't think people are going to remember that, though, when they go to vote necessarily. Yeah, but it's not a big thing. It's just a, he pops up here and there. He's a veteran who's uh, put in his time. So yeah. even if he doesn't pop up at BFCA, we may see him later in the season. All right. So the other female category that's giving a lot of people a tremendous amount of pause. Everybody's got Viola Davis, Michelle Williams, Naomi Harris, and Nicole Kidman, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I've got Greta Gerwig for 20th Century Women. And my Asked final away. choice, which will probably a lot of a lot of you are going to be like, wait, what? I've got Felicity Jones for a Monster Calls. She may do well with critics. People who have seen that movie really love her. Yeah, I don't have her as my six. I have Molly Shannon for other people. I do too, which I could totally see happening as well. I had Janelle Monae, but I think I'm going to switch her out for Molly Shannon because I think that's the type of performance that definitely shows up here. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Janelle Monet is definitely still in the hunt of a hunt of it, though. Oh yeah, I think she'll get into Oscars because that's like a big, uh, you know, uh, Octavia Spencer in The Help or Jessica Chastain in The Help, big showy performance in a film like that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to say though because looking at everything here, I mean, let's put it this way: if Michelle Williams or Naomi Harris misses here, 
red red alert signs are going to be going off in my brain right away uh, because I'm looking at all of the women that are trying to vie for these spots here. And this is crazy. Like, we have six. We have six here. When it comes to Oscar, we only have five. So it's like such a painstaking thing to look at the fact that we have four nominees potentially locked up and only one person could get that final slot. So, I don't mean, I don't know, man. It's it's crazy to me. Greta Gerwig is just absolutely fantastic in 20th Century Women. I loved her in that. I haven't seen a Monster Calls, but I'm with you, Kristen. I've heard the reviews, and I've heard people signal her out. Rogue One is going to be on people's minds. I just feel like it could definitely happen. Uh, but Janelle Monet is definitely in the hunt of it as well. So, that race is going to be one to definitely watch out for. We were talking about acting ensemble before. Uh, Fences, Moonlight, Manchester by the Sea. D- does everybody have those three? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then uh, this is where, like I said, we differ again. I've got Patriot's Day and Nocturnal Animals. You don't think La La Land gets in? I, I don't think La La Land gets in here either. It's what it's like a four-person show, isn't it? It's primarily Gosling and uh, Stone, and then it's just a little bit of John Legend and J.K. Simmons. And they're not singled out as standouts. But going on to something like when we have a SAG cast ensemble, which usually determines best picture, do you not see La La Land getting in there? I think Listen, it'll have to. If, if Slumdog Millionaire could get in <laughs> and win the damn thing, I think La La Land could get in because I don't trust the SAG ensemble category anymore, honestly. The SAG ensemble that year, 2008, should have went to Milk, not Slumdog. And since then, I'm just always like, I take that category with a grain of salt. Now. But yes, it will probably get in. And I know we didn't see this at BFCA, but at SAG they got a Beast of No Nation for cast ensemble. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it. I remember that. It seems more likely there than here, though, just because I do think the you think critics going to look for more uh, volume at the BFCA. I do. Yeah. Okay. Uh. The nocturnal animals mention, uh, Kristen. You're in agreement with me on this. Yeah, I could, I could see it because that has enough of a cast, and I mean they're all fantastic. So it's not, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I would, I would appreciate it so much if they threw it a bow. Yeah, that's definitely more of a BFCA than anything else. Unlike the rest of you people, I haven't seen Jackie. Uh, is it a contender for ensemble? I'm going off on paper. Ah, uh, no. no. Okay. There's there's Portman and there's Sarsgaard, and then there's just kind of like everybody else. Okay, I'll probably remove that from my predictions. Then it it seemed on paper like don't a good discount. Call. I was gonna say don't discount hidden figures though. Yeah. Yeah, that that could be one which I can't wait to see. And what about Hell or High Water? You know, we're talking about small casts. Obviously, the main three, as well as uh, I don't remember his name, but the guy who played Bridges' partner. Yeah, and the waitress. Everyone's talking about the her waitress too. and Dale Dickey as well, um, as well as the other waitress. You know, there's. I think it's one of those classic examples, like we just said before, where the cast is too small. Most likely, yeah. Um, I feel very confident in my Patriots Day Nocturnal Animals uh, predictions here, although I wouldn't be surprised if Hidden Figures bumps one of those out. Hey, Rules Don't Apply has a pretty big cast. Get out of here with that. Mike, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Best director. Uh, man, this this is another one. It's just it's nuts. Damien Chazelle for La La Land, Barry Jenkins for Moonlight, Kenneth Lonergan, Manchester by the Sea. All right, this is where I, I I'm pretty sure those three are safe. I think this is where now we all start to differ. I've got Denny Villeneuve for Arrival, Pablo Lorraine for Jackie, and 
in a shocker, Peter Berg for Patriots Day. God, you are going all in on Patriots Day. <laughs> I just, I, you know what? If it's going to start to build momentum, it might as well start happening here at this point. That's the way I see it. And if it, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And you know what? That's fine. Do we all agree that we get to publicly shame Matt next week if Patriots Day makes pretty much no showing at these I think that'd be. I'm in. I, I'm. I'm okay with it. Uh, I'm too. I'm too new to start berating hosts, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna n- avoid that bet. <laughs> All right, Kristen, smart move. You have a job for life. Uh, you two, you're both fired. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta pack our bags, Will. But Villeneuve, Pablo Lorraine, uh, what do you guys think of those two? I think if they're gonna show up anywhere in director citations, it would be a critic's choice. I think critic's I choice agree. is really gonna like Arrival. More than anyone else this season, I think Arrival will perform well here. Well, remember that year where Black Swan got like 14 Critics' Choice nominations or whatever it was, and yet when it came to Oscar, it got four nominations? Yeah, and uh, they, Critics' Choice do, I mean, they tend to favor genre films more. You know, Snowpiercer did really well here a couple years ago. So I think absolutely this is where Arrival thrives. Yeah, uh, I don't have... Uh... Who was the last one you named after Pablo Lorraine? Uh, Peter Berg for Patriots Day. Oh, that's right, Peter Berg. I think Jeff Nichols might get in here. If they go for Loving the Way, I think they may. I'm so I'm so on the fence on that one. Notice I don't have uh, Denzel Washington yeah, I was for on the fence. fences. <laughs> okay, so what about – I think Denzel might get in. If he doesn't and they really like Hell or High Water, which I think is possible because it's been a critics movie. And you see it's the critics who are touting it a lot on Twitter. Is there any world where David McKenzie gets in? There is a world. <laughs> it's there. I just don't believe it until I see it. I think someone like Mel Gibson may even be before him. I could see Gibson get in. Oh my God. Wouldn't that be something? I think if he's going to get in anywhere. Guys, guys, wh- what if Gibson gets Critics' Choice and gets Globe? I could see that. Do we all start panicking? <laughs> I think I would then predict it to be one of those where the director has most of the precursors but still misses out. If he gets DGA... The- I can assure you he's not getting an Oscar nomination. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Like, there, there is still too much bad blood towards him in the industry that he's not going to get the support from actual voters in the Academy that he needs. All right, moving on to the screenplay categories here and... I think we'll leave the text uh, alone for this. We'll finish it up with screenplays. Best original screenplay, Manchester by the Sea, Moonlight. And I think those are really the only two that we could say are safe here. La La Land. La La Land's pretty safe. Well, yeah, you guys think so? Yeah. I think it's winning the Oscar for screenplay. I don't see why it would uh, miss here. Okay. All right. We'll we'll say La La Land is safe, though. Uh, Kristen, what do you think about La La Land's chances for everything in terms of original screenplay um well i don't have it in my predictions of winning oscar but i could definitely see it getting a lot of lead up to it okay uh so then the other two i have are 20th century women and hell or high water uh 20th century women's adapted no it is not no sorry i'm oh god uh i thought you said hidden figures for some reason it is original so once again 20th century women and hell or high water i forgot that existed i had jackie in there i'm gonna replace Jackie of 20th Century Women. That's a good call. Wait, so they only have five nominees in original screenplay? They did last year. Sometimes they have six. These shift back and forth depending on the year. Okay, well, I agree with what you said there. Uh, Hell or High Water and 20th Century Women. If there is a sixth, I would say The Lobster. 
Oh, I could see I that. I agree. Yeah, I could see that. Maybe loving. Maybe Jackie. But I think Lobster is the most likely. Guys, what if we just are in for a shocker and Zootopia gets a screenplay nomination? That would be wonderful. I would be ecstatic. I don't care what it replaces, honestly. Uh, Best adapted screenplay. Fences, Arrival, Lion. Do we all have those three? Yes. Mm-hmm. Kristen, you're quiet. Um, I don't know about Lion. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm 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 going back and forth though. Like, do I do I want to say I no no I'm not I'm not feeling it. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Um, the other two I have are Nocturnal Animals and Hidden Figures. Um, so Kristen, I'd like to know what do you what do you have other than Fences and Arrival? Um, I have Nocturnal Animals and Hidden Figures as well. Um, I'm still. How do we feel about Love and Friendship? I know a lot of people hmm. love that script. Yeah, I have that up there hmm. behind uh, Loving. It's a six or a seven. I could see it. I could see it get in. I thought Loving is going original. Loving, Loving's going original. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Uh, what about Sully? Oh, man. Possibility. That might be more for Oscars than critics. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not going to say it's a deserving screenplay, but I think it will be a contender just because you tend to have these random, underwhelming, arguably underwhelming screenplays that do get into places despite not having raves on that aspect. I think it's it's in the top seven or eight for this category for sure. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that as well. It, it's Man, this is like the part of the year where we have like our expectations of what we think is going to happen. And then the groups come along and they just shatter them. And they go, no. Is this going to be like 500 Days of Summer where they have expectations and reality? Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> or you have 500 Days of Summer predicted for screenplay. Right. Just don't do it at all, period. <laughs> exactly that. So this has been fun. This has been this has been a lot of fun here. I mean, the nominations are coming out this week. I'm very super excited. Hopefully there are some surprises there. Obviously, they also have uh, nominations for... Best action movie, best horror sci-fi. It's really cool because as much as people look at those as, you know, second string tier categories, I think it is still a good opportunity to award certain films of the year that do get overlooked elsewhere. Like, for example, The Witch, which is still one of my favorites of the year. I fully expect that film to pop up in a couple of categories and even win, actually. So... We'll see how it all shakes down. All right, so with that said, let's head over to our final segment here. Let's review the trailer that finally, finally, thank God, finally, got released. Martin Scorsese's passion project of nearly 30 years. This here is silence. Our Lord said to them, go ye into the whole world and preach the gospel to every living creature. Ferreira is lost to us. He renounced God in public and surrendered the faith. That's not possible. Father Ferreira risked his life to spread our faith all over Japan. It seems to me that our mission here is more urgent than ever. We must go find Father Ferreira. This is in your hearts, then, both of you? Yes. Then I must trust God has put it down. The moment you set foot in that country, you step into high danger. 
price for your glory is their suffering. It's too dangerous. We asked for this mission. Okay, Kristen, you are the new one on the show here. Tell us first, what did you think of the trailer for Martin Scorsese's Silence? You know, it looks beautiful for for starters. There's a lot of evocative imagery, but, you know, it's as somebody who has been following this project very little, if I didn't know kind of the backstory coming in, I don't know if the trailer would necessarily help kind of convert like, the average Joe who's not really a, a director aficionado to go see it, which might be difficult. Um, it's definitely an Oscar-esque film. Um, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's the, the subject matter or just how kind of pendulous the trailer feels. But I was kind of saying, this movie's gonna depress me, and I don't necessarily know if I, I'm excited for it or just kind of, like, it's an os- it's it's the big Oscar get. I'll have to go see it. But I get the sneaking suspicion that something, like, much like The Mission, it's going to depress me a lot after I, I watch it. I do agree with that to some extent, even though Scorsese is obviously one of my favorite filmmakers. I'm sure when I see the film, I'll be more swept up in what he's telling. But just from watching this trailer, the only takeaway I had was the technical elements. Like, the cinematography is stunning, of course, the costume design production... All of that is top tier, as you would expect from him. But when it comes to like the performances from Garfield and even Driver, their accents seemed a little off to me. Yeah, I was not sure what if they were supposed to be English or if they were supposed to be something else, but I was totally flummoxed by what sounds were coming out of their mouth. Yeah, and I also am somebody who a few weeks ago was not impressed by Garfield and Hacksaw Ridge. I was not a fan of that accent at all. So maybe it's just an issue he has in his dialect. But unless the film just really surprises me and the way he delivers his performance, like it's so long, maybe after a few minutes I'll get used to it. But here it just sort of turned me off. That said, it's Scorsese, so I'll be there opening day, of course, and ready to see what he has to show me. But uh, I don't know. I'm just not as excited as I should be. Yeah, I would agree. I I think it's either Spanish or Portuguese. That Portuguese. It's Portuguese that he's going for. And Seattle Hines kind of, uh, or however you pronounce his name, kind of has the accent down. But Garfield's fluctuates for sure. It was... I, I, I don't know many Portuguese people, so maybe he nails it. But I, I think that's going to... If he doesn't have... I mean, this film is going to rest on how well he can perform. And if he doesn't carry the film, it's going to make it a lesser Scorsese effort. So you have... Gangs of New York is considered to be a lesser Scorsese effort. And that is at least in part because DiCaprio 
had not matured enough as an actor to really carry that film, and his accent was a big problem. So I think that that could be an issue here. That being said, the visuals are stunning, and I think it'll be at least a compelling story. So I'm certainly excited. So I know it's going to be a compelling story, as I've done a lot of research on the project over the last uh, couple of years now, for sure. I mean, I I worship the ground that Scorsese walks on, so I'm very excited to see this. Um, I've heard from a couple of people that have seen it so far that the imagery in the film is unlike anything that Scorsese has ever done before, which is exciting. Um, it leads me to think that cinematography could definitely be in contention against La La Land, even though I still have La La Land winning. Well, this is Rodrigo Prieto, who's always great. Yeah, but another element, though, is the original score, which is not being done by Howard Shore anymore. It's a couple doing it. Right. It is a Japanese couple doing it. Right. So I'm very curious to see what elements they can draw upon that to elicit the kind of emotion that's going to be needed for this story. As I think that, you know, you guys are right. I'm a little skeptical as well now on Garfield and pretty much everybody in the movie overall. But at the same time, though, there are a couple of moments in the trailer where I see Garfield giving a very physical performance. Oh, for sure. And I wonder, I wonder if that is something that disp- like can overcome the accent, you know, because they always say, you know, if you endure a lot of uh, hardship and a lot of pain, whether it be emotionally or physically, that's usually a good sign to get an Oscar nomination. I mean, we'll 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 have to wait and see. And then, uh, Will, to your point about. Scorsese and the Oscars with Gangs of New York missing, uh, not being considered lesser tier Scorsese, but still getting all those nominations. Let's not forget that Scorsese still managed the Best Director nomination for The Last Temptation of Christ, and it was that film's only nomination. So, even though the film is not eligible for the Critics' Choice Awards, as we were discussing earlier, I do fully expect this film to still be a contender, even if it ends up possibly in the 70s on Rotten Tomatoes and isn't a surefire runaway hit. We should also mention we learned this week that Scorsese co-wrote the film. It is his first time working on a screenplay in 20 years. So he will be up for not only a director nomination, but also a nomination as producer if the film is nominated for Best Picture, which I predict it to be, and for Best Adapted Screenplay. What was the last screenplay he did? Was it a Kundun? Casino. Yeah, it was Casino. Okay. And then before that, uh, he got a nomination for The Age of Innocence. He did Goodfellas, too. Yep. He co-wrote that. So, I mean, Scorsese's always kind of had a, you know, a hand in screenplays uh, for, long, for, for pretty much his entire career, now that I'm thinking about it at this point, whether it be an uncredited role or it be a credited role. So I think that his abilities as a screenwriter have been shown to us, and I have nothing to really worry about on that front. No, it'll just be cool to, for him to get a third nomination. And part of it may just be the subject matter, too. Like, something about, uh, and this just might be me speaking, the whole uh, dark religion element to it just doesn't, like, speak to me in a way that it might Scorsese. I know he's a very religious person. So, I, I don't know. I'm wondering if it's going to be something that's accessible to all audiences. I feel very strongly that even though it is centered in Christianity, I think that there – obviously because as we know, the major faiths of the world do overlap in some aspects. Um, I think that 
there will be an accessibility there. Scorsese's too smart of a filmmaker to not make this um, as broad as he possibly can, in my opinion. And let's be clear, it's it's a drama about losing faith, you know, and feeling alone. It's not God's not dead. Huh? It's not trying to, you know, convert you to Christianity or something or pawn its religion off oh, on Oh, sure. I'm just saying, like, the whole, the whole aspect of it, I just hope is more inclusive rather than just uh marty's vision i mean we've we haven't exactly had directors off to a, a good start with their passion projects to throw out throw warren Beatty under the bus again oh! burn <laughs> burn yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna have so much fun bringing up that film all season mike i hope you know that huh. well listen if if silence is a failure um i do give you guys permission to rag on me about it uh for the rest of time is martin scorsese or warren Beatty, matt uh, to like to you like you like how yeah. you are with warren Beatty. yeah right. Ma- martin scorsese can do little to no wrong for me very good and he it pretty much he pretty much gets a pass for life even when he makes a lesser effort like shutter island which is purely just a genre exercise i mean even then i still like that film is at least a six out of ten that's not a, that's yeah. not a terrible no, i movie. love him too i mean Many people do, of course. So, in any event, Del. With that said, everybody, this is going to be great. I'd love to hear this right now. Kristen. Yes. Tell everybody where they where they can find you on the internet. Oh, I am everywhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can find my contemporary reviews, what I'm doing. Uh, I'm on Twitter at journeys underscore film. Uh, I write uh, mostly, I mean, you can find stuff there. Uh, if you like classic cinema, Pre-1980s, I run a classic film podcast at journeysinclassicfilm.com, and I also do a classic film podcast called Ticklish Business at ticklishbusiness.podbean.com. So I said I'm everywhere. (laughs) Fantastic. We're very, very happy to have you on board. Thank you very, very much for your contributions this week, and we look forward to many more to come, especially as the Oscar race does indeed roll on. Will, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Mavericks Movies. Michael, where can they find you? As always, at Mike Movie. And you can always find me at Next Best Picture. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We do have a lot of other exciting reviews, exciting times to come here as the award season rolls on. Be sure to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and TuneIn. And you can always find us at nextbestpicture.com. I'm your host, Matt Neglia, and we will see you all next time. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.